Welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, What the Rabbis Teach About the Messiah and the New Testament Application. This is part five of the series. The rabbis teach that Jonah symbolizes Messiah ben Joseph, or the suffering Messiah. In the Torah Anthology, on the Twelve Prophets, volume 1, page 524, it is written, According to the sages, Jonah symbolizes the Messiah, son of Joseph, or the suffering Messiah. The New Testament application is that Yeshua's earthly father was Joseph, and he came at his first coming as the suffering Messiah. And his suffering is symbolized by Jonah. Matthew chapter 1 verse 16. And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Yeshua, who was called Messiah. Messiah ben Joseph is a term for the suffering Messiah. John chapter 1 verse 45. Philip finds Nathanael and said unto him, We have found him of whom Moses and the Torah and the prophets did write, Yeshua of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Jonah is a sign of the resurrection of Yeshua, who is the suffering Messiah, symbolized by Messiah ben Joseph. Matthew chapter 12, verse 38 and 40, it is written, Then certain of the scribes and the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from you. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The rabbis teach that in Isaiah chapter 8 verse 14 that Messiah is the stone of stumbling and this is the interpretation of Rashi who is one of the most widely known and respected Torah commentators in Orthodox Judaism. From the book The Messianic Idea in Israel by Joseph Klosner on page 432 he writes, regarding Isaiah chapter 8 verse 14 and he the Messiah as interpreted by Rashi shall be a sanctuary to Israel is what Rashi explains but a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to both houses of Israel in the Torah anthology of the 12 prophets volume 2 page 49 
it explains how the Messiah is like David, who is a stone that the builders rejected. The Messiah, regarding him, it says, But God says that, nevertheless, out of you will one come forth to me who is to be ruler in Israel. Micah chapter 5, verse 1. Thus it says, The stone which the builders despised became the chief cornerstone. Psalm 118, verse 22. Until there will come Shiloh. Genesis chapter 49, verse 10. Shiloh refers to the Messianic king. The New Testament application is Yeshua is the stone a stumbling of Isaiah chapter 8 verse 14. In Romans chapter 9 verses 32 and 33 it is written, Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Also in 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 5 and 6 and verse 8 it is written, you also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, the holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Yeshua Messiah. Wherefore also it is contained in the scriptures, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believes on him shall not be confounded. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, Isaiah chapter 8 verse 14, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. The rabbis teach that the Messiah is stricken on the cheek with a rod. From the Torah Anthology of the Twelve Prophets, Volume 2, page 47, to Micah chapter 4, verse 14, in a Jewish published Bible, it says, they will strike the judge or the ruler of Israel on the cheek with a rod. Some interpretations say that the ruler of Israel refers to the Messiah. The New Testament application is that Yeshua was smitten. In Matthew chapter 26 verses 67 and 68 it is written, Then did they spit in his face and buffeted him, and others smote him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy unto us thou Messiah, who is he that smote you? The rabbis teach that Isaiah 53 speaks about the Messiah. In the book From Exile to Redemption, volume 2, page 142, by Rabbi Menachem Schneerson, he writes, and he's quoting from the Talmud. Rabbi Yehoshua ben Levi encountered the prophet Elijah as he was standing at the entrance of Rabbi Shimon ben Yakai's cave and asked him, when is Mashiach coming? And by what sign shall I recognize him? He is sitting among paupers stricken by wounds. To these words, Rashi adds, they are leprous and so is he, as it is written. He is ailing because of our sins and it is likewise written, he has borne our sicknesses. Isaiah chapter 53, 4 and 5. In the book From Exile to Redemption, volume 2, page 145, Rabbi Schneerson goes on to explain, what is the name of the Messiah? His name is the White One, according to Rashi, 
Metzora, the leper of the house of Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, for it is written of him. In truth, he has borne our sicknesses and endured our pains, yet we held him to be stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. From Isaiah chapter 53. In the teachings of Hasidus, leprous ailments have a lofty spiritual meaning. Continuing on with this thought, in the book From Exile to Redemption, volume 2, page 146, Rabbi Schneerson goes on to explain, Messiah is called a leper. This state comes about through the fulfillment of the verse, He has borne our sicknesses, from Isaiah chapter 53. The New Testament application is Yeshua fulfills Isaiah in chapter 53. Acts chapter 8, verse 30, 32, and 35, it is written, And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you're reading? And the place of the scripture which he read was this, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and none like a lamb dumb before his shear. And like a lamb dumb before his shear, so opened he not his mouth. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at that same scripture in Isaiah 53 and preached unto him Yeshua. In the Talmud in Sanhedrin 98b, it is written about the Messiah and the relationship to Isaiah 53. And this is what Rabbi Schneerson was referring to in his book From Exile to Redemption. Rabbi Yohanan said, for the sake of the Messiah, what is his name? The school of Rabbi Shiloh said his name is Shiloh, for it is written unto Shiloh come. That is Genesis 49 verse 10. The school of Rabbi Yanai said his name is Yanon. Remember this. His name is Yanon, for it is written his name shall endure forever. The rabbis said his name is the leper scholar, as it is written, surely. He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him a leper, smitten of God, and afflicted. So this refers to Isaiah 53. And now we're going to look at a name for the Messiah here in Sanhedrin 98b in the Talmud is Yanon. In the services for the Day of Atonement in a book published by the Hebrew Publishing Company out of New York, copyright 1928, we are going to see in the prayers and we're going to look at page 288 in the section Unfain Thokef that Isaiah chapter 53 is mentioned and one of the names of the Messiah is Yanon. And so the prayer for Yom Kippur reads like this. Though he should be exceedingly angry with his people, yet will the Holy One not awaken all his wrath. We have hitherto been cut off through our evil deeds. Yet hast thou, O our rock, not brought consummation on us. Our righteous anointed is departed from us. Whore has seized us, and we have none to justify us. He has borne the yoke of our iniquities and our transgression, and is wounded because of our transgression. He bears our sins on his shoulder, that he may find pardon for our iniquities. We shall be healed by his wound at the time that the Eternal will create him, the Messiah, as a new creature. Oh, bring him up from the circle of the earth. Raise him up from Seir to assemble us the second time on Mount Lebanon by the hand of Yinon or the Messiah. 
So the rabbis have understood that Isaiah 53 speaks about the Messiah. Messiah is based upon Genesis chapter 49 verse 11 from the Talmud in Berahot 57a. It is said about the Messiah that he would ride on a donkey. If one sees a choice vine, he may look forward to the seeing the Messiah since it says binding his foal unto the vine and his donkey's colt under the choice vine. Genesis chapter 49 verse 11. We can see the connection to Genesis 49 verse 11 that Messiah would, as it says, binding his foal under the vine and his donkey's colt unto the choice vine. We can see how this is connected to Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9 that the Messiah would be riding on a donkey from the book The Messianic Idea in Israel by Joseph Klausner on page 439 it reads let him expect the Messiah as it is written from Genesis 49 verse 11 binding his foal unto the vine and his donkey's colt under the choice vine and the commentary to this is for the donkey as a sign of the Messiah's coming in connection with the verse in Zechariah see Matthew 21 verses 2 through 5 for the choice vine compare the branches which the admirers of Yeshua cut off and spread on the road. Matthew 21, 8 through 10, Mark 11, verses 8 through 10. In the Midrash Rabbah, volume 2, page 983, it associates Messiah with Genesis 49, 11 and Zechariah 9, 9, as it is written. Binding his foal unto the vine. This alludes to him who will gather together all Israel who was called a vine, as it says, you did pluck up a vine out of Egypt. Psalm 80 verse 9. And his donkey's colt under the choice vine alludes to him of whom it is written, lowly and riding upon a donkey, even upon a colt, the foal of a donkey. Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9. Another interpretation. And his donkey's colt upon the choice vine alludes to him who plants all Israel like a choice vine, as it says, yet I have planted you a choice vine. Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 21. And what will he do? And I will sprinkle clean water upon you. Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 25. We can also see the reference of Messiah to Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9 in the Sanchino Midrash Rabbah volume 2 page 698 where it says donkey refers to the royal Messiah for it says of him lowly and riding upon a donkey. Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9. In the book From Exile to Redemption by Rabbi Menachem Schneerson volume 2 page 101 he also explains that Messiah will ride on a donkey based upon Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9. The donkey upon whom the King Messiah will be revealed as it is written. He's a poor man and riding on a donkey. The New Testament application is that Yeshua rode on a donkey when he went into Jerusalem during the final week of his life. In John chapter 12 verses 12 through 15 it is written. On the next day much people that were come to the feast when they heard that Yeshua was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that comes in the name of the Lord. And Yeshua, when he had found a young donkey, sat thereon, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king comes sitting on a donkey's colt. The rabbis teach 
in the Talmud on Sanhedrin 98a that the Messiah will come riding on a donkey and with the clouds of heaven. It is written, Rabbi Alexandri said, Rabbi Joshua opposed two verses. It is written, And behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven, while elsewhere it is written, Behold, your king comes unto you lowly and riding upon a donkey. If they are notorious, if they merit it, he will come with the clouds of heaven. If they do not merit his coming, he will come lowly and riding on a donkey. In the book From Exile to Redemption, volume 2, page 6, Rebbe Schneerson explains that the Messiah will come with the clouds of heaven. The Talmudic sages speak of two possible ways in which Messiah can come, with the clouds of heaven or as a poor man riding on a donkey. It may be suggested that these are not mutually exclusive alternatives. Rather, Messiah will be both powerful, exalted on the clouds of heaven, and humbly self-effacing, a poor man riding on a donkey. Messiah is associated with humility. The Midrash teaches the donkey represents the King Messiah as it is written, a poor man riding on a donkey. This teaching unites two polar opposites, the King Messiah representing sovereign power and a poor man riding on a donkey representing humility. The New Testament application is that Yeshua not only rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, but he also explained that he he will return with the clouds of heaven. Matthew chapter 26 verses 63 and 64 it is written, But Yeshua held his peace, and the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure you by the living God that you tell us whether you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Yeshua said unto him, You have said, Nevertheless I say unto you, Hereafter shall you see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. The rabbis teach that the Messiah will appear and then he'll disappear. In the Sanchito Midrash Rabbah, volume 5, page 413, it is written, My beloved is like a gazelle. As the gazelle appears and then disappears, so the first Redeemer, that is Moses, appeared and then disappeared. Rabbi Barakiah, in the name of Rabbi Levi, said, Like the first Redeemer, so will be the final Redeemer, that is the Messiah. The first Redeemer was Moses, who appeared to them and then disappeared appeared. The final Redeemer, the Messiah, will also appear to them and then he will disappear. The New Testament application is that after Yeshua came at his first coming, he disappeared. He ascended up into the heavens and he then said he will come back. In Acts chapter 1 verses 9 through 11 it is written, And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, Two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Yeshua, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. The rabbis teach that the Messiah's feet will stand upon the Mount of Olives. In the book From Exile to Redemption, Volume 1, page 54, Rabbi Menachem Schneerson writes, The stance of Mashiach at the end of days is that on that day his feet shall stand upon the Mount of Olives. In the book, 
the Midrash Rabbah, volume 7, page 132. It also tells us that God's feet will stand upon the Mount of Olives. It says, in connection with our God, it is written, and his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives. Zechariah chapter 14 and verse 4. The application as it relates to Yeshua is that his feet will indeed stand upon the Mount of Olives, even as we were told in Acts chapter 1 verses 9 through 12 that Yeshua when he went up into the heavenlies that he would return in like manner he left from the Mount of Olives so he'll return to the Mount of Olives we can see his return on the Mount of Olives in Zechariah chapter 14 verses 3 and 4 then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle and his feet will stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives once again relating this to Acts chapter 1 verses 9 through 12 the rabbis teach that the Messiah will gather the exiles of Israel in the Sanchino, Midrash Rabbah, volume 2, page 957 to Genesis, it says, What purpose will the royal Messiah come, and what will he do? He will come to assemble the exiles of Israel. In the book, I Await His Coming Every Day by Rabbi Menachem Schneerson on page 14, he explains that the Messiah will gather the 12 tribes of Israel. And in the book on page 14, he is quoting and making a reference to the Mishnah Torah and the laws of the kings and the laws concerning the coming of Messiah. And Mishnah Torah was completely compiled and put together by Moses Maimonides, known as the Rambam. In chapter 11 of Mishnah Torah, The Laws of the King, Rambam writes, In future time, the King Messiah will arise and renew the Davidic dynasty, restoring it to its initial sovereignty. He will rebuild the temple and gather in the dispersed remnant of Israel. Whoever does not believe in him or does not await his coming denies not only the statements of the other prophets, but also those of the Torah and of Moses, our teacher. For the Torah attests to his coming. And then it quotes Deuteronomy chapter 30. And the Lord your God will bring back your captivity and have compassion upon you who will return and gather you from among all the nations even if your dispersed ones are in the farthest reaches of the heavens from there will God gather you in and God will bring you to the land so this is seen to be a work of the Messiah to gather the exiles of Israel Deuteronomy chapter 30 verses 1 through 5 these explicit words of the Torah include all that was said on the subject by all the prophets or it's the summary of what the prophets spoke about regarding the role of the Messiah and the gathering of the exiles of Israel. So in the laws of the kings and the coming of the Messiah from Mishnah Torah, which appears in Rabbi Schneerson's book, I Await His Coming Every Day on page 18, it goes on to say, if a king will arise from the house of David, and if he gathers in the dispersed remnant of Israel, Maimonides writes, he is definitely the Messiah. Not might, not maybe, definitely. The Messiah gathers gathers in the exiles of Israel. So if Yeshua is the Messiah, he must accomplish this task based upon the expectations of the Messiah in the Torah and the 
prophet. In the book, The Torah Studies, by Rabbi Menachem Schneerson, on page 77, he writes these words, comparing Moses and the Messiah. The Midrash says on this verse, Moses said before him, Master of the universe, send, I pray you, by the hand of whom you will send, by the hand of the Messiah, who will be the future Redeemer. It can be inferred from the Midrash that there is a special connection between Moses and the Messiah. And it was because of this that Moses wanted the Messiah himself to be sent to Egypt. Nevertheless, the redemption from Egypt was the task of Moses. The mission of the Messiah belongs to the ingathering of the house of Jacob from all the nations where they've been scattered or the final exile. In the book, Messiah, the principles of Messiah in the Messianic era in Jewish law and tradition by Jacob Emmanuel Shohet on page 20, he will cite from the prophets the texts that speak about the role of the Messiah to gather the exiles of Israel. Through the Messiah shall be affected the ingathering of all the exiles of Israel. Proof text, Deuteronomy chapter 30 verses 3 and 4. Isaiah chapter 11 verses 11 and 12 and verse 16. Well, that's going to conclude part 5 of the series on the subject what the rabbis teach about the Messiah and the New Testament application. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.